speak to you in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. This uh, first day of Holy Week, um, in, when I was growing up as a child, in, according to the Book of Common Prayer, was always just called Palm Sunday. And we just read the Liturgy of the Palms, and we had the, the Palm readings and so forth, and we had left the Passion readings for Good Friday. Um, when the BAS came out, it renamed today as Passion Sunday, and so normally on this day we would have the full Passion reading, and we would then hear it again on Good Friday. But because of this medium, I thought there was no point in doing the full Passion reading twice, and so I thought we could go back to that old Book of Common Prayer practice of just focusing on that story of the Palms today, and we will come to the Passion story on Friday. And that said, the story of the Palms is inseparable from the context of the Passion. And so we, we are reflecting on the Passion this first day, even as our, the, the, uh, the ostensible focus of our thoughts is on the Palm narrative. So Passion Sunday, Palm Sunday, we're doing Palm Sunday today, um, but of course we're doing Palm Sunday as an entry into the Passion. And... What this allows me to do as a preacher is really focus on that palm gospel narrative, which I don't normally get to do. I normally have the entire passion narrative that, is, that requires comment. And because we're leaving that for Friday, I can really focus in on this Palm Sunday narrative in John's gospel. And I'm going to do some old-fashioned exegesis this morning, which is a great joy for me, and uh, I hope you'll go with me on this. The, uh, John's version of the palm procession, the triumphal entry into Jerusalem, is a little bit different from the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke. The, the, the other gospels have it in a slightly different order and, uh, and have some different details than John. And so what's interesting to me about this passage is what John takes as the meaning of this triumphal entry into Jerusalem, because John takes and conveys a meaning that is, you know, it's not in opposition with the synoptic Gospels. It dovetails with them, um, but it, it's a different slant on the whole thing. And we can see the difference in, for example, the order in which you find the donkey. In the synoptic versions, there's a whole story about the disciples looking for a donkey and finding something that's suitable, and then Jesus gets on it and goes into Jerusalem, and there's a great celebration, and the palms are waved, and so forth. And in in the synoptic version of the story, and we pick it up liturgically, it's a celebratory uh, narrative that, that they're greeting Jesus as king of Israel and, and the, that kingship is expressed in the humility of riding a donkey. And that's a, that's a fabulous narrative, great message, totally consistent with what we understand about Jesus and, the, and, uh, and his message and his call. Um, John, of course is different, and Jesus is different in John's gospel, and, and I'll just share you the joke, with you the joke that I got from my professor in seminary, that in the synoptic gospels, Jesus is the, the Son of God on the way to Jerusalem, whereas in John, uh, Jesus is the second person of the Trinity come back from the cross to brag about it. And so all the way through John's Gospels, you have Jesus saying, I am this and I am that. And you get this sense in everything Jesus says that this is being spoken directly from that ineffable heart of God. And, and there's no hint of, uh, of that human Jesus that might have anxiety or doubts or those other things. And so in this case, it's no different. And the, the change of the order of where the donkey fits 
um, goes along with this second person of the Trinity because the, the palms as an emblem were a, were a, a nationalistic emblem of pride. Um, the, the closest modern equivalent, uh, and, uh, and I'm sorry to go there, but it's the red hat. So waving a palm would be the equivalent of a red hat that says MEGA, make Israel great again. Um, if you look at the history of the Maccabees, the Maccabees actually printed a coin that is part of their rebellion against the empire, and they had a palm as the symbol of the Maccabean revolt. It's about Israel, Israelite nationalism. So when the crowd rushed out to greet Jesus with the palms, what John is really highlighting here is a misunderstanding of who and what Jesus was. So they were saying, this is the Messiah that is going to liberate Israel and make Israel great again. It's going to throw off the oppressor, kick out the Romans, and establish that Davidic kind of kingdom uh, where we have territorial integrity and self-government and sovereignty and all those things. And, and what Jesus does is that he goes and gets a donkey in response to the palms. He doesn't get a donkey in advance of the palms. He sees the palms, and then he gets a donkey. And John interprets the donkey with a little different flavor than, again, the synoptic gospels. Both uh, synoptics and John reference Zechariah, which has that humility um, and the prophecy of the king is coming riding on a donkey's colt. That, they both agree on that. There's that symbolism. But in John, there's a reference to Zephaniah about rejoicing, O daughter Zion. And that little passage in Zephaniah emphasizes that the king is in your midst, O Jerusalem, but the king is not the earthly king. The king is God. The king is, uh, is Yahweh riding in your midst like a mighty warrior. And so for Jesus to go get the donkey and ride into that crowd on the donkey the point that Jesus is making is that this is not about making Israel great. The glory here is not Israel's glory. The glory is that of God. And I, as the second person of the Trinity, is, are, I'm, I'm doing my part to glorify that mystical transcendent reality of God, which is not about your little political nation. It's about all humanity that what is going to be happening here is a glorification, yes, but it's a glorification of God, not for the benefit of Israelites' nationalistic uh, agenda, but uh, for the benefit of all humanity. It is cosmic. So yes, it is glorious. Yes, it is amazing. Yes, it is a kingship, but the kingship is the Lord's and the benefit is for all humanity. So with that message being presented to us in John's Gospel, the, the, the question for interpretation today is what's the implication for us in our Christian practice as we begin our spiritual journey into Holy Week? And, um, and, I, and another little sidebar, um, I, I feel sad, as I expect you do, that we don't get to process the palms today in church. That's such a, a wonderful um, expression of our faith and it's something we do as a community and here we are I'm in front of a camera and you're at home and uh, and I had my little palm crossed away but it's not the same though again there is a blessing in that sadness because it allows us to go past the uh, the presentation uh, to get to the heart of what it's supposed to be about which is always inward and spiritual and so this journey of the palms, the, the, the greeting of Christ, the beginning of Holy Week, 
if we, if we do this spiritual work, the question is, what, it, what are John's insights telling us about how we greet Jesus ourselves in this journey to Holy Week or if we greet Jesus in our life? And it's, uh, for me, it highlights the reality that, that our enthusiasm for Jesus, taken as a metaphor, Jesus as the symbol of our faith life, our values, our Christian community, whatever that is, um, that our enthusiasm is usually based on something selfish. Like the Israelites who are going finally throw off the Romans and get sovereignty, we can be Israelites, it, 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 uh, it boosts our identity, it gives us confidence, it, it, uh, it, 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 um, it sticks it to the man, um, and it, it's, it's a self-serving emotional response that makes people enthusiastic. And so that enthusiasm for Jesus is based on the wrong impulses. And we all have them. They're all there. Of course, we have an emotional reaction when things happen to us that we like or that um, a, a, new, uh, a new future possibility opens up that gives us excitement. It's usually about our own needs. And our own needs are usually things that we're only half aware of. Um, and uh, and that, that enthusiasm lasts only so long as we continue to get the good feelings. And so we look ahead in Holy Week and we see the enthusiasm of the crowd today and we see the abandonment of the crowd on Good Friday and of course the crowd abandoned them because that's not what we signed up for. We thought you were going to come in and kick out the Romans and there you are up on a cross being killed by the Romans. What's this all about? I don't feel good anymore. I'm out of here. And how similar are we in our faith life? That our faith life, our church participation, our engagement with the, with the tradition lasts only as long as we feel like we're getting something out of it. And when we cease to have the feelings and feel good and feel whatever it is that we get out of it, intellectually stimulated, welcomed into community, whatever that is, when we stop having those feelings, we go, that's it, I'm out of here. When the message of Holy Week is to keep following Jesus on the way of the cross into that emptiness because that we, we, we try to fill that emptiness with all the wrong things. And we always do this. This is a human uh, response. This is not specific to any bad people. All people have this sense of emptiness that we try to fill with all the wrong things. And only in journeying into that emptiness do we find the, the only thing that can fill it, which is the relationship with God. So that enthusiasm that we share with the waving of the palms, um, in John's telling, is trying to get us to reflect on where that enthusiasm is in us for our own faith, uh, faith life um, and spiritual life, and how are we prepared in our Holy Week journey, where we go to the cross, we die with Christ. It's the end. It is, there's nothing. We go directly into that full sense of emptiness on Good Friday. And how are we prepared to make that journey and stay with Jesus in that journey and not abandon him when the good times leave? And of course, all of this, it's a cautionary tale, and I don't mean to soften Holy Week by saying, well, but it's still great. Uh, but I, I do want to end on a positive note, which is that this whole story is really an Easter story. But the message is only in following Jesus through the cross can we get through to the resurrection on the other side. Um, so so, we, so the, the, the reflection for Palm Sunday is to identify in us 
those things to which we have become attached, which are still not the spiritual journey per se. They are the ancillary benefits that we get because there are lots of benefits of spiritual practice and spiritual community. Um, and how can we detach ourselves even from those benefits for the sake of the journey itself, that constant following of Jesus so that we may be transformed into his likeness and enter into that emptiness, that kenotic journey that Jesus took. And so we end with Philippians, where Jesus, though he was in the form of God, the glory of the second person of the Trinity, did not see equality of, uh, with God as a thing to be grasped, but rather emptied himself. And so as we, uh, we, we reflect on that glory, we also reflect on the emptiness and we reflect on what it is that is preventing us from entering into that sense of emptiness where we let go of everything but following God wherever God may be leading us. And it usually involves letting go of something which feels like a death. So that, for me, is the, is the thought that I take with me into this Holy Week. You can fill in the blanks for pandemic, for separation from family, friends, church community. All these are experiences of emptiness and death and abandonment. And I think that the challenge of Holy Week this year is to enter into it and see where God is leading us through the other side as opposed to fighting it every step of the way and walking away when it no longer works for us. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.